What up, though, my G's? Y'all should know what it is. It's BKA Watts, one half of the Blurs and Clips podcast, right here on the Pro 3 ENT Network. Back at y'all next one more time with another one of them five podcast episodes. And you already know I am joined by. Hi, I'm the award winning Vicatron, and I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. Man, y'all eat pieces of shit? What's the basis? We ain't going nowhere, but got no rap references. They happen. So y'all know what's up, man. It's our TV, movie, video game, and whatever else we feel like talking about podcasts typically just turns into a bunch of miscellaneous segues. Think of the timelines branching, except somehow, some way, we never find ourselves in a dimension where we talking about you niggas mixtapes. If you got questions, concerns, comments, show topics, send them things in to us at blurredsandclips at gmail.com. If you are watching with us live where we stream every Saturday on the Twitch, then you would know and you would see that right here on the screen. But you may be a listener to the all-audio version of the podcast, which is everywhere you get podcasts fed into your ear portals. We drop that on Sundays. So you already know what's up, man. We got a dope episode lined up for y'all as usual, which I always say. And I never know what the fuck is actually going to happen. But what I do know is definitely not going to happen is us Interviewing rap niggas. Yeah, we're not going to interview rap niggas because, I mean, that's not what we do here. And, I mean, by all means, I wish you the best with your rap endeavors. And, you know, Jesus fucks with you, but it's not what we do here. You know what? Sure. I wish him the best, too. But it just doesn't have anything to do with us and what's happening over here. The whole thing is, like, (sighs) clearly when you uh, ask us to interview you or whatever the case may be, you are telling us that you have never watched the fucking show and don't give a shit about the content that we are producing. You just want to talk to people about your shit. Because if you ever had seen this show, you would know that we have never interviewed a nigga. That we don't talk about mixtapes, albums, EPs, number one smash hit singles that are not number one smash hit singles. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or any of the uh, fucking things that could be surrounding this or blended into that on a Venn diagram, my nigga. Realistically, I low-key don't even want to talk about the soundtrack to movies. Because of you niggas. Because y'all gonna be like, but y'all was talking about John Williams and his score with the orchestra. And I had a live band on number four, nigga. <laughs> like, and just know. And we use Star Wars as a sample in one of my songs. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. 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 Because I said I was on the come up like a elevator. <laughs> Oh, bars. And these niggas think they hot, but they really just lukewarm. Uh. <laughs> and I got the force to make your sister do some crazy shit, so I lay ya. <laughs> bars. <laughs> so I lay ya down. <laughs> and she worked oh, me with the hands so low. Facts. Bars. <laughs> No. And I asked her if she would blow me because I'm trying to see what the wind do. Bars. Y'all niggas actually would not be that good. <laughs> That's actually fire low key. But uh, yeah, this this is this ain't the place for you, man. Listen, there are other shows on the network. All right. It's it's like it's it's five of us. One of them on hiatus right now, cause you know what I'm saying, the host is getting a lot of money and, and he prepping for a crazy comeback. But we got four shows, man, and somebody else I'm sure would gladly interview you. It's just not gonna be us, though. You know what I'm saying? And I know, I know. But what? You rap. 
but Vig. You rap. Actively. <laughs> but Watts, you literally have hosted 10,000 rap nigga events, shows, concerts, etc. I know. But that's not what this is about, though. You don't go to church making it rain on big asses, do you? There's a time and a place for everything. Facts. So, That's you know, as Vig would tell y'all, you know what I'm saying? If you're going to hit us up about interviews and such, hit Martha Stewart up too. You know what I'm saying? Like, hit somebody else up that it makes no sense to hit up to talk about your music. Like, like we in the, we, we in the legit double digits. Like, of people who have reached out and hit us up like, yo, interview me. How much for interview uh, when can we get the interview popping? Hey, yo, I know y'all probably looking for people to interview. I come do that for y'all. I mean, bro, like, it's happening. It's happening. People reaching out and hitting up, but that's this is just not what. It's not. It's not it. No, it's a bunch of y'all, and I'm trying to trying to tell y'all no. So, because clearly y'all don't watch the show, <laughs> but y'all see me post about the show. We're going to take this, chop it into a one-minute clip for you, and put it up on my page so y'all could see me letting y'all know that this is not a music show at all. We don't do that here. None. Okay? That's cool. Listen, I'm telling you, somebody going to love track seven, nigga. When you talking about the Gucci belt, when you was on the couch at Medusa, niggas going to love that shit. But they not going to hear about it from us. I captivate the holes and captivate. All right. <laughs> I grabbed Medusa by the snakes and had her put my snake in her face. She tore in my joint to stone. Just one look. <laughs> one look, Medusa turned my snake to stone. <laughs> That's funny as fuck. Okay, whatever. Just uh, nope. Just nope. Yeah. So, my nigga Vigor. I feel like we already talked about this. I'm about to say, don't do one of those. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna do. Like, it. How was your week? Nigga, don't, nobody I cares. Do I ain't gonna do it to you. You know what? I'm, I'll tell. I'll tell you guys about my week. So, I found myself booked to do some hosting. So, since the last time I saw you guys, I have hosted multiple concerts, R&B concerts though. And shout out to Narelle and and her five EP on which she sings beautifully and did a 10 city tour. So I was able to host a few of the cities and that was really dope. So that happened this week that landed me in New York for the first time ever. So I made the drive seven and a half hours from Cleveland out there to New York. You know what I'm saying? Where everybody was dead ass. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and we kicked it. Real hard. I went with Dave Flint, who y'all saw on the podcast or heard on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And and we acted a motherfucking fool. We we actually mobbed up on 34th and Broadway, I want to say. Something of the sort. And we, we stood on that corner. We watched multiple crackheads stand around in, in the middle of the street, fucking up the flow of traffic, getting honked at. I pulled out my cards. I did magic. I legitimately did a miracle on 34th Street. Which so fucking excited about because when I did it and I realized, oh shit, 
I did a miracle on 34th Street, nigga. I'm low-key a legend. We stood on that corner for like three hours and fucked around. Dave uh, told <laughs> told multiple people that that he loved them as they walked past and then and then shunned people for not saying it back, which was fucking hilarious because I knew we was going to get into a fight because I just knew somebody was going to be dead ass. But everybody was actually cool. And we got mad love back. We saw a couple niggas with lightsabers walking down the street. Flint said something to him about it. Nigga said, oh, man, where y'all get lightsabers? Nigga looked at him like, fuck you mean? The face said, like, fuck you mean, but he didn't say nothing. So he walked up on Flint. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to be the fight. <laughs> and then the nigga threw his hands up. Like, he put the fucking lightsaber, like, in his arm. And it was like, and it was like, oh, this nigga want to rock, paper, scissors for no reason. Wow. So Flint threw rock, paper, scissors with this nigga two out of three and lost. I'm like, dog, you just let a random nigga beat you in rock, paper, scissors. So then he was like, but you can't see my nigga Wasto. He undefeated. I don't know how he know that because I like when I am the Jedi and shit, nigga. So homie walked over to me essentially saying, fuck out of here, nigga. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Flint pulled out his camera. So this is documented. This is all watchable on the internet right now. All cap. Pulled out the camera. <laughs> nigga said, he tried to announce the nigga name, but he ain't know it as shit. So the nigga said his name and shit. He was like, dead ass man facts. You know what it is. Something, something yonkers, whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> nigga, and then the nigga turned around and looked at me. You know what I'm saying? He like, BK, watch from Cleveland, Ohio, undefeated. Yeah, nigga, you already know. I ain't say shit. I looked at the camera while this stranger stood in front of me. We threw up the rock, paper, scissors. And I never looked at him. I watched the camera while I smoked this nigga. And blind two out of three, nigga. And when I won, the nigga gave me the lightsaber, nigga. <laughs> gave me some dap. And him and his niggas asked us for a picture. And then the niggas walked wow. away. Wow. We was kicking it, bro. I feel it. I, I, I think, yeah, that, that was a hell of a, what you did this week. I have a story probably that could beat that. So outside of me being at work, I was sitting in my room in my drawers watching TV. Fire. Because no the way cap. that the way that my feet no and cap. my back hurt, nigga, <laughs> from walking like that, and the way my back hurt from being in that fucking seated driving position, because I drove ninety percent of the way there and ninety percent of the way back in twenty four hours, nigga, and then slept on a fucking floor because the Airbnb, the bed, like it was two queen size. I never seen that shit before. Two mm. queen size fucking bunk beds, though. The fuck? Because, like, you know, everything in New York, like, all the apartments, tiny as shit. So, it was supposed to accommodate two people. So, or, like, really supposed to be, like, three, four people, whatever, because two large beds. But with that all being said, <laughs> like, nigga, we were in this tiny-ass apartment. In actuality, nigga, the Airbnb we were in was almost exactly half, yeah, like, about, about, half, about half of the basement that we in right now. The entire thing. Oh, well, that's a shame because, I mean, my grandmother lived there for quite some time. And, uh, yeah, her apartment wasn't, like, all super small like you were describing. So Yeah, they said, you know? they said like, most of the, like, downtown little sh- Unless you, like, paying crazy. Okay. Just be like. Too. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we, yeah, we was downtown. So, uh, we was, like, shit, fucking five minutes from uh, Times Square. So yeah, it was it was aggressive, but yeah, I got the worst night of sleep, nigga. And yeah. nigga, if I, by comparison, the way I feel, nigga, if I could have been at home in my drawers chilling, watching TV, ah, oh, nigga, 
I would have traded that shit in for anything. But I definitely had fun. We mobbed on that on 34th Street for like no bullshit, like three, four hours and shit. We met a singer. She was really dope. Uh, she talked to me and told us about her tour, uh, her manager. We met a group of uh, dead ass teens that was out there just chilling and shit. We, we also saw a random chick just standing on the corner and asked her what she was doing. And then, and then Flint asked her where the alcoholic beverages were. And she proceeded to, to tour guide us. And we walked around with her for like two hours. And <laughs> she took us to all these random ass places. You should have got her, her info so we could add her on the show, talk about her releases. Ah, you're right. But that's all I did this week. I kicked it out of town. I brought my black ass back home. I slept extra hard because I didn't get any sleep during the, the, the tour shit. And yeah, now, now I'm back. So I guess needless to say, I didn't get to watch too much of shit this week. Mm. Though I did walk past an AMC theater in New York. <laughs> I don't think you know what I don't think I ever went to a movie in in New York. <clears throat> no, you know what? I take that back. Did I did? My father tried to pull some bullshit on me. He took me to well see. It was some random kung fu shit where it was probably showing like a triple feature or whatever the fuck. And I remember we walked in. Something was already playing. We basically watched that. It finished, and then something else was playing. And he was like, "Yeah, let's get out of here." That's just the same movie starting from the beginning. Which is one of those, you know, first realizations where your parents try to tell you shit to try to Jedi mind trick you like you don't know fucking better. Like, it was one of those situations. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, fuck that was... nigga. May his soul rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see what I... <laughs> no you, boundaries. No, did you see the... Uh, what you call it? When when I uploaded the episode, when you, when you mentioned that you wanted to fight him and shit, I, I titled that episode, The Dark Joke Rises. No. That's funny though. Oh yeah, I feel it. Ah, <laughs> right. uh, gotta come up with clever titles for the episodes. I always find myself like, "Fuck, what am I gonna call this one?" But that was definitely fire though. I feel it. Ah, uh, so yeah, good people. I ain't watched. I ain't watched too much. Did you? Did you watch anything new or interesting this week? Not new, nigga. Not new. Did you watch it? Well, nigga, if you ain't ever seen it before, it would be new technically. It's new to me, but it That's ain't what I'm new. Well, yeah, we already talked about this. I watched Deadwood and this motherfucker. Yeah, so Deadwood with with which you can cure with blue chew, starring uh, <laughs> Timothy Dumel. <laughs> all okay. right, some of y'all ain't gonna get that shit. All Timothy right, Oliphant, all right. Josh Oliphant, yep. who kind of looks like Josh Dumel, but um, yeah, him and Ian McShane, fucking western show on HBO back from 2004 to 2006 that I never bothered to watch. When I gave that shit a watch. And going through, you know, most of the season one, that shit is dope as fuck. Like I said, it's I understand the hoopla about it at the time. And especially when I was paying for HBO back then and never bothered to watch it. I didn't have any interest because I don't really like Westerns like that. But then that was also still pre before me ever playing any of the Red Dead Redemption games because they weren't even out then yet. Right. So, yeah, I had no interest. But, yeah, going back to watch it now, it definitely holds up. I guess it kind of has to because if it's a Western show, it's not like it it's uh, outdated. It was already outdated when it was new. So, um, so yeah. did I mean? I mean, is the show complete? Is it over? Yeah, it was only three seasons in a movie. Okay, okay. Yeah, back then, like I said, it was only two thousand four to two thousand six. So yeah, I'm it's, in it's basically it. It takes place after the Civil War, where there were still territories in the country that it was before certain states were formed, and like they were basically living in an area in Montana that was not part of the states yet. So like you have unclaimed territories 
because sometimes people set up camps and shit on what's technically native ground and they start building businesses and shit like that. And technically there's no laws because they're not part of the United States. So it's about a camp that uh, Timothy Oliphant was, was a sheriff in one spot and he goes to stay at this camp to start a, a hardware store with his friend played by John Hawks, who I only really know from Eastbound and Down. But I they, only know Tony Hawk. <laughs> so they start this, uh, they want to start a hardware store there, but the place is being, you know, indirectly run by Ian McShane's character, Al Swearingen, and he's like one of those hardcore types of where he's kind of like a mob boss in a way, but he's, he's running shit. He has a saloon that, you know, they're running prostitution and all of that shit, like the normal, typical, you know, cowboy western kind of shit but right, right. there's a lot of things going on around that time with you know smallpox and a bunch of other stuff but in gold prospecting but yeah it's very hardcore they say fuck a lot oh, it sounds like my kind of show well, Why that, you that's with I that? so I used to hear the, like jokes about that back in the day that that was kind of the joke is that how many times like they say fuck or fucking in some form on Deadwood and yeah they they use the, the languages there a lot there's a lot of language and a lot of random titties from horse but you know what else is a horse supposed to do right but Except yeah had them titties out that shit is uh what else, what else what else is there to do with titties other than have them out put them in my mouth and you have a point you know what miscellaneous ass conversation that i found myself in with a large group of people over the course of the week was kid and play versus fresh prince and jazzy jeff in what form? What the fuck does that mean? Same thing I said, right? But essentially, and this is obviously, partially at least, it has to be a music conversation, but it was like who was technically supposed to be bigger, I guess, or better. And like the whole thing was like in terms of music, like the wheel and jazz grammied up and shit but only one of them was rapping by comparison don't, obviously don't validate grammys like that oh mean shit it don't it don't <laughs> realistically because quite a bit of that shit was like eh to me no for 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 our purposes i'm on fresh prince side with this but no i'm not validating shit based on grammy win any mean shit yeah, because see, the whole thing was it was like you know they had music and movie shit and like and TV shit essentially, but yeah, but not really in a way. Like it was more like going by real time on because I was there. Facts, young ass nigga. Which is why I bring um, it up to you. So at the time, Kid and Play only really had three albums of note, and only two of them were successes. So when they had their first album, this was before House Party. That was marginal success then house party came out and blew up out of nowhere because that was beginning of 90 around that same time as when they dropped their second album so that one was big based on the fact that they had that album out or rather the movie out and then when house party 2 came out that next year i take it back i think that that third album also did halfway or maybe that was around the time i think i'm getting confused because i think they only had they had two hype was their first album. I know they had Fun House 
Yeah, Fun House would have been the second album because that was around the time of the first house party and then they had Face the Music or some shit, which I think that was the one that came out around House Party 2 time. So because of the fact that those movies were big successes, you're only really talking about a span between 88 and 91, realistically. Mm -hmm. And then they were still doing movies because then Class Act came out, I think, in... Which is my shit, for sure. 92. I've watched that movie so many times. That movie is fucking trash, though. Oh, it is, but it's one of them joints. It's 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 one of them. That that is nothing but nostalgia goggles. Yeah, <laughs> when I'm watching that shit, because I'm like, the the whole subverted levels. And it was funny back in the day, Siskel and Ebert reviewed this shit, and Ebert, since he was extremely woke because he was married to a black woman and all this shit in his later part of life until his death, he pointed out a lot of shit that was fucked up about that movie with colorism and everything because it was like all the light-skinned folks was the smart ones and all of the dark-skinned ones was the dumb, Dummies. violent motherfuckers. Yeah. So it was like shit like that. So I can't watch that movie without looking at the coon fest that it is, even though there's a part of me that it takes me back to that because I remember going to uh, Tower City to watch that shit. But like I'm saying, so even still, if that was like 92 and then like I think House Party 3 came out in like 94 or something like that, that was really their only real span. So when you're looking at musically, though, Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince were just bigger overall because even from the very beginning, they had so many singles that were hits, even from like Girls of the World and Nothing But Trouble, Parents Just Don't Understand, I Think I Can Beat Mike Tyson, Summertime. So you got all of this other shit that their discography is a little bit more standout than Kid and Plays, even though they both were in that same range. But no, they were bigger. So then Fresh Prince was something all to itself since they... You know, he had his own show, which ended up being very big. And then he started really getting into movies after. But yeah, you can't, I don't compare them in that way because they're, they're not really on even kill to even compare in that way. I didn't feel like that either. Either I, I do. So like with the exception of joints, particularly like Summertime, Parents Just Don't Understand, A Nightmare on My Street. Shit like that, which you know gotta you know definitely connect with me. I, I mean, when it was just like Will solo career, I'm like, yo, that's not even comparable. But yeah, and it's not the same because I mean, by the time Will was doing his solo career, like I said, Kid and Play weren't doing anything with each other anymore at that point. Right. Yeah. I, it's just yeah that shit is, that shit is is difficult. I mean, granted, you know, like people really fuck with Fresh Prince, but that that wasn't necessarily just because it was called Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It wasn't necessarily like really a Fresh Prince and jazz thing. And then by comparison, like by comparison, House Party is super still like ingrained in the lexicon. Like it's a part of like the culture for sure. Right. In a super aggressive way, the same way that no summer will go by without summertime getting played. Yeah. But it's it's still it's still a thing that's like tough to compare. Yeah, like I said, I don't compare them at all because of that. But I mean, you know, everybody wants to pit some shit against each other, so I mean, it is what it is, but yeah, I I don't even remotely um compare them in that way where it's like there's some real comparison there. Like I said, they were they were very relevant at the same time, but just still in two different ways, so especially with, like I said, with in play having the jump on Will with them already being on the big screen and everything before Will really 
got his feet, you know, set into all of that. Yeah, pretty much. Granted, even with that being said, I mean, out the gate, especially because, you know, especially now seeing, you know, all the behind the scenes, the old shit, the the, the more in-depth talk about it. Kid and Play definitely were better actors out the gate than Will Smith. Yeah, I, I give him that. I give him that. Because, I mean, naturally, a kid, well, and Play, I guess to a lot of degree, they sunk into their shits for a house party pretty well. And, I mean, I don't know if you've heard any interviews, you know, where as much as people, you know, slam Vlad nowadays. That's, to me, that's my only thing of Vlad's purpose in in the culture is that people don't give him props about the fact that he will interview so many people that are very relevant to our culture and things that especially that I came up on as a kid the people that don't get interviews normally that they get full in-depth interviews through Vlad so with that being said that Vlad has interviewed kid quite a few times in the last year plus and he's interviewed play as a recent I didn't watch plays but I actually watched plays yeah, I didn't watch plays. I watched kids because once kid went through everything like the first time, it was, you know, definitely giving me more insight about all of that. But just the fact that how they had a hand in making a house party a little bit more realistic to how things were because they, they took what they had in the script, but they definitely infused the reality of how things would be said and, and things like that about their, their, their personalities. Because I remember even going to see it you know, going in the theater to see that shit at the time, they were they were pretty clean cut. Like, they weren't cussing and everything in their songs. So let alone when House Party came out, and this was some more hardcore, hearing them say nigga and, and cussing and everything, it was like, oh, okay, like, this feels real, but I'm not used to them saying it, but it was like, yeah, that shit's, uh, this shit's dope. But anyway, but regardless of the fact that... That's lightweight how it is with Will Smith, too, though. Like, hearing how clean he is in the music. And then, like, also, yeah. for the most part in the movies, but when bad boys come on <laughs> and he's Mike Lowry, that's a right. whole different shit. But it was still the thing about bad boys when, yes, when that came about, though, it still didn't feel completely natural hearing him be a bit more hard. That's what I'm, no, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, I yeah, yeah, you, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It was the same thing. Like, because his music, Will Smith music, always been... Clean, right. but so, but I'm saying still to to be clear though, it was the opposite for Kid and Play that even though they didn't do that in their music, it felt natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For them in House Party, it was like. But I mean, like, shit, nigga, it, it still felt the same. With, like with with how Will was in Bad Boys, for sure. Like if it, because like he just it just felt like he that's just that was just that cool ass nigga. Like that's who that was. I guess, but I'm saying. To me, I'm almost I'm kind of saying the opposite. Like I didn't really. But feel But I think like I was. I think I was. I don't know, man. I felt like, like I felt like it was all right. Like I feel like I feel like I, I didn't, didn't think it was bad. It, I don't think I realized how clean Will Smith was up to that point necessarily for my age. Like I didn't gotcha. realize how clean he was because like Kid and Plays. I I, I got familiar with Kid and Play through House Party. Got you. And then the music later. And then I got familiar with Will through his acting shit. And then, oh, well, actually, kind of both of them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I got familiar with him through through acting shit. Like, it's something like Bad Boys, for real. And then kind of got to go back to other shit and realize, like, okay. he was like a squeaky clean nigga. So. Okay, well, that makes sense. Because, yeah, perspective is everything. Because when I'm seeing Bad Boys, it was like, okay, it doesn't feel completely jarring, but it did feel kind of off. But the way that Kid and Play spoke in House Party was like, nah, this feels natural. For sure. Them. For sure. That's how I looked at it. 
Like, I wasn't used to them doing it, but yeah, it definitely felt like, yeah, they were fits like a glove in their demeanor and how they came about, where it's like, damn, I could really see these dudes really speaking this way because that really does seem like how they were. And that's what, that was always the big myth anyway, too, when, you know, people get into hip-hop culture or, like, looking at things historically and, like, so many of the rappers that gave so many images of being, like, more a little bit more clean, a little bit more commercial. We're still like straight up dirt bags out of New York a lot of times, but it's just that, you know, they did what they had to do to kind of get on and, you know, present their images because that's what they were out there to do to try to make money. But they were definitely that in that way. Cause not even knowing until, you know, we got older about, you know, how play came up and, you know, he was the stick up kid type and all of that. Like I still didn't get that impression from them back then when they were doing shit. Thus the whole thing of like, kid basically writing all the lyrics for them and everything like oh i guess it makes sense that that was not what play was on at all like his thing was i'm in the streets but i had this opportunity to do something not being in the streets right. and it's working and you know you got this talented nerd motherfucker over here like they you know it's funny in a way to a certain degree when i compared them to because i didn't realize that until later they were ugk before ugk for people that don't understand and what i'm saying about that is that Bun B was the nerd dude in school. Smart, intelligent, all of that shit. Huh. And so Pimp C was the nigga that was more in the streets, even though he was making beats and shit like that. But it was that same dynamic of like you had the one smart nigga and then the one street nigga, and then the street nigga was encouraging the smart nigga to be like, yo, stay in school and all this shit, but we can do this shit and, you know, become successful at it. And that's basically how both of their scenarios ended up kind of working out. Understood. Yeah, they were pretty much exactly since this, that. Since this is not a music podcast, I'll reserve my opinions. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get myself canceled. <laughs> I'm going to get myself canceled from hip-hop if we get to talking about this shit, nigga. Well, no, our thing is we can talk about whatever one we want to talk about. We are not interviewing rap niggas. I feel you. And this is not an interview. We're talking about something relevant that does bring its way back to movies what we're initially talking about in comparison to film work but again nah we not interviewing you it's our podcast we can talk about what the fuck we want. We can, again we can talk about women's issues if we'd like listen i honor and res- i honor and respect and and hold up our legends and <laughs> things of the sort never liked a bun b verse in my life i'm here's my thing I'm not even going there with it. I've never heard, I don't know that I've ever heard a UGK song. Huh. Mm. I, I, in fact, I had never really, other than peripheral of hearing people bring them up, I didn't know nothing about them other than hearing their name, and I heard nothing until Big Pimpin'. I didn't even know what they even sounded like. So when I heard Bun's verse, like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't dislike his verse on Big Pimpin', but it did open me up to the fact that I was like, oh, he's way more articulate than I expected it to be based on the way niggas talked about him. So then later, hearing more of the history of them, it made sense because just like now, especially since Pimp died and seeing all of the other stuff that Bun started doing and being involved in, it's like, no, this is a very intelligent, articulate motherfucker that happened to make this hood music with Pimp C., but I'm not co-signing for any of them because, again, I have not heard shit. 
I feel you. So, whatever for us. I owe it to <laughs> no one to have listened to anything. That's my thing about shit. True. And and I, I almost want to go on another tirade we're going to have to talk about, too, about opinions. And we're going to talk about what I, I'm now calling as the, the coming to America curse in regard to Space Jam. Because we're going to have to get into that, too. Mm. About people and their opinions. And the, the one thing that, like, regardless of the fact that if you like something or you don't, if you never heard it or whatever, the one thing that I can say we've never done... And I'm sure, unless we were joking, is that no matter how much we say something is trash or we don't like it, I don't think we've ever said, and I know me, I do not tell people, yeah, don't see such and such because I think it's trash. You do what the fuck you want to do. I'm telling you, I don't like it, but I'm not saying, hey, man, don't go see it. Oh, yeah. What for? Do what you want to do. I definitely will let y'all know, like... In me telling you that some shit is trash, I'm letting you know that you could potentially save yourself two, three hours, however long the terrible shit is. But that is definitely still on you if you want to go ahead. Because, I mean, after the fact, we can we can talk about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can definitely talk about it if you want to. But uh, shit be trash when we say it's trash. Trust your boy. Well, like I, I said, it's, it's still all relative. Because, again, we can say it's trash, but Tyler Perry is a multimillionaire. Oh, no, for sure, for sure. But, so, but see, this is the thing, though. That, to me, is like the Grammy. My nigga, how do I say this the right way? Okay, people are stupid. And they use their money for stupid shit. If you're smart, <laughs> you know that, and you take advantage of that and sell stupid shit to these stupid people. Is essentially what it is. Because I do not give a fuck what anybody on this planet says. If you take 20 Tyler Perry plays and 20 Tyler Perry movies, 16 of them are identical. And people kept going to the plays, kept going to the movies. And made that nigga a gajillionaire because he figured niggas like this, so I'm gonna do it again. Mild change here, mild tweak there, but the Boondocks was super right. Essentially, you got some wonderful God fearing woman who was getting abused by the dark skinned, bald head dude from New York undercover, and then the Shamar Moore shirtless gardener nigga who loves Jesus come along and save her. And that was essentially like the first like 10 joints. Okay. And again, since I've seen none of it, I wouldn't fully know. But here's what I'm saying in agreeing with you, but kind of in defense of that at the same time. It's all about lowest common denominators. So again, whatever that lowest common denominator that resonates with people that like that type of shit, the same way that I don't watch soap operas and everything I've seen in soap operas from when I was a kid to current date usually comes off as extremely cheesy and not something that I would like, but they seem to still be very prevalent still to this day. So there's a lowest common denominator in the same way that uh, romance novels, mm -hmm. same way. It's that thing that people grasp onto, and I'll probably say, you know, and maybe it might be sexist, but you know it's the truth, that that bigger demographic is women that like these things and they're entertained by it, so thus it thrives on that. So even when we're talking about, when we talk about not liking things or saying the movie is trash, no different than we say some music is trash, I think there's a very basic thing 
of what I've noticed that like just like when we we criticized Space Jam and not to say that we were directly getting this, but anybody that didn't like Space Jam a new legacy, to be specific. Anybody that didn't like that, and there's so many people going like, yeah, you ain't like it, but it's like, what was you expecting out of it? You expecting, you know, the Godfather Part Two? All that? No, no, no. There is a very basic principle in things of how quality things can be if you are talking about a, a particular skill. So just like in the same way that if you know skill based on you rapping is that you can do certain things, you can tell stories, your your cadence is there, your wordplay is there, all of those things we can say you are a great rapper, but then somebody else that doesn't have those same skills as you can come up with a catchy song and then they sell so many umpteen times more than what you sold. They go, well, yeah, but you know why it sold. Because again, common denominator is like maybe it was catchy and it was like, nigga, we know Baby Shark. But that don't mean that that shit's dope, right? So it's the same way even with film where it's but like see that well that's different though because that's that's literally like that's kids you know what no I'm saying? it's kids but I'm saying the principle is still there yeah yeah whatever yeah. that attraction is is there so just like if I say I don't like a movie or I think a movie is trash there are very basic principles about what arguably makes a good film is what we're talking about that something may lack whether you find it you know again entertaining or not that is totally on you just like we say that shit all the time and we say okay i'll defend pootie tang to the death but pootie tang as a film is fucking trash is it entertaining as fuck absolutely yes if you i don't want to say if you even understand it from a, a comedian's perspective but yeah it's absolutely great if you fully see it for what it is but structurally it is not a great film so if i'm looking at space jam a new legacy and knowing that it's just all these excuses for for WB to keep showing off all the properties that they own. And that's basically all you're looking at. It's like, nah, it doesn't make it a good movie. It's just, it's a fucking excuse to keep showing all of these properties and keep throwing shit in the background where it's like, is that a good movie? Like, yeah, you can be entertained by it. And like, it could be fine. You watch it with your kids or whatever. That's fine. Do you. But it doesn't make it a good movie just because I'm like, yeah, it's trash. I ain't telling you not to see it. I pay for HBO Max just like a bunch of y'all did. Or if you went to the theater, hey, that's on you. If you loved it, you loved it. Don't let me steal your joy. I don't tell right. you whether or not if I think your broad is pretty. Facts. Fuck. Exactly. Well, so, we'll see. The whole thing is, again, people will pay for stupid shit if somehow it connects with, resonates with, or entertains them. People will pay for stupid shit if it means that they don't have to do the stupid shit. Prime example, like not directly of that, but I'll, I'll I'll get there in just a moment though. Like, I feel like any nigga who can rap for real would genuine or generally agree that Soldier Boy <laughs> single handedly kill hip hop and eat the dick. But you know what I'm saying? Like that that shit was trash though. It came out and we was like, what the fuck is this? But. The nigga went on to sell a gajillion fucking albums, sell a gajillion singles, sell a gajillion ringtones, and genuinely thrust himself into fucking the hip-hop conversation. The nigga can't rap, but he outsold everybody who can while rapping poorly. This is one of them things. Like you said, if you got the shit... And it and it resonate or entertain them, they gon they gonna buy it. 
Does it mean that it's not trash because niggas bought it? No, though. Nigga, <laughs> just because niggas bought it don't make it good. Right. The same way that just because niggas went and saw it don't make it good. Right. It may give you the illu- movie wise, it may give you the perception or illusion that it was good because, oh, that shit did a gajillion in the first weekend. But look at the second weekend, nigga. <laughs> like, how did the word of mouth treat that motherfucker from one week to the next? Right. But that's what I'm saying in a you know, in agreement that most people lack when they try to make their arguments about nigga, you're looking for too much if you expected blah blah blah. Like, again, it seems like sprouting with coming to America earlier this year and then let alone going to Space Jam. It's like you can't be critical of anything that's out there without people going, Well, yeah, you know, y'all just being too hard on it. Like, nigga, it's no it's okay no. to to call out somebody on some bullshit. I ain't saying stop liking it. But that's the whole thing. Just like I said, everybody said, it's not for you, it's not for your demographic, it's blah, blah, blah. Fam, bullshit. I call bullshit. Just because it is a kid's film, just because it was, like I said last exactly. week. Exactly. Have you ever heard of Pixar? Have you heard of Pixar, <laughs> nigga? Those are animated, rated PG, my nigga. Not even 13. PG, my nigga. Like, and G movies that, that adults go into and fucking come out emotionally gripped, nigga, and have cried and and been moved by, while their kids also fucking loved them shits. You have no excuse for this shit being trash. But it's like, but we put a superstar in front. I don't give a fuck, nigga. Like it's not good though. That don't make it good, and that and that does not give niggas the space to make excuses for it because there are. It would be different if there was no evidence. Like if a video game movie come out and it suck, and niggas is like, "Oh man, that's crazy. How dare this video game movie suck?" It's like my nigga, every video game movie suck. So you should be used to that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like if a fucking children's movie comes out and it sucks. And it's made by a company that legitimately has produced good children's movies like the Lego movie, Lego Batman. That shit is fucking hilarious, dog. Kid shit, though. It's Legos. Nigga. And it worked. And it made money. And it made the whole family laugh. It made the whole family come out the theater and talk about it and go back to the theater multiple times. Who the fuck is going to see Space Jam again? Again, and, and as much as people try to dismiss critics, like there's a reason that people that study a little bit more about film and have a critical view where if they highly praise those same Pixar movies and Lego Batman and Lego movie and all of this shit, but then they pan Space Jam just because you niggas like it, that's fine. That doesn't mean that it's good. It just means you like it for whatever reason you like it. But this is the thing, though. It could also be that, all right, see, now this is this is where nigga just, this is where like low-key nerd shit come into play in perspective of like knowing this industry to a degree, because I still ain't shit. But what I do know, though, is the average moviegoer in America goes to the theater like five times a year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like niggas go see a few major movies that they really have an actual interest in. Somebody like myself or you, 
like me, for example, who pays $20 a month for the unlimited go to the movies as much as you want monthly, we are the fucking minority. So it's like, y'all niggas don't go see these shits for real or really have an opinion on film and, and what and what goes into this shit. Like, looking at, look at these things. Like, what is what, what does this movie consist of? There's animation, there's CG, blah, blah, blah. Like, all right, so is is the, is the is it filmed well? Is it written well? Is, how is the script? Is it well written? Is the premise in itself any good? That's a fucking factor. How does it look? Do it look like this bitch was shot and, and directed well? Or do it look like somebody shot this bitch on a flip phone? You know what I'm saying? Like, how is it edited? Do the scenes flow into each other to tell the story in a way that you can actually keep up with, keep track of, and make sense for you as the as the audience member? Like, could you keep up with this shit? Does it make actual sense? You know what I'm saying? Like, these are questions that you fucking ask if you... Like you got to look at the, the the pieces that go into this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is the music like? Is the soundtrack work? Does it did? Was there a moment where something sad happened and they had Pharrell happy playing in the background? <laughs> like, was it fucked up completely off, or was it on par? Like, did it did it have some somber shit in the background that that gave you the feeling of what you were supposed to be that that evoked the proper emotion? Like, these are the things that matter. Was it too fucking long, or was it just goddamn right? What are the like? Look at these things. You know what I'm saying? Look at these things. Niggas looking at shit and and with a casual, I go to the movie fucking four times a year ass and and trying to talk opinions. It's like nigga, you don't even you don't you don't know shit. You don't know shit about this to really have an opinion. This shit sucked and it sucked. And people who know about the shit are telling you that it sucked. You can watch it. It's subjective and you may have enjoyed it. But again. Just because you enjoyed it doesn't mean it wasn't trash. Because I will say it once and I will say it a thousand times. My stepbrother and stepsister enjoyed their mother's cooking mm. for years. Mm. And it was awful. <laughs> like, it was awful. And it's still awful. Okay? And I don't give a fuck. Well, I think it's just the reality of the situation. All right? Just because you think it's good, don't mean it is. <laughs> well yeah facts but yeah <clears throat> so that, shout, shout, shout to our new york niggas facts <laughs> all right facts son should have bought me a yankee fitted while i was out there and some tims <laughs> yo was mad wild yo <laughs> um dead ass you know we gotta stop that shit because all they do is make country bumpkin jokes about us and shit. which is so confusing because we're not country yeah but i mean to to them like i said because it's weird how when people hear accents in, in certain ways and it's like we can hear New York accents or, you know, very deep East Coast accents easily and they think they're the ones that sound normal per se. But then it's like if I'm listening to somebody that's more West Coast, like somebody in California has more of a, I don't know, almost like a dialect that does not, it doesn't dignify anything in particular. But it's something about like certain things more extreme, like extreme east, extreme or south. Those are the two that really stick out the most. And then sometimes yeah. some like northwestern stuff, I guess, will. But yeah, it's weird how they depict it that way. No, nah, because when when we were out there, it was like, yeah, yeah, y'all y'all got a real like country thing going on. Like, are you fucking serious? 
Well, and, and I catch it in certain ways where I understand it, how the perception is, because when you think about somebody like, like Bone, for instance, sorry to keep bringing up rappers, but when you think about Bone, you think about how they talk and how their speech pattern is. Yeah, it does come off as more country to someone that's not from here. And I totally get it because it's like, yeah, my dude, blah, blah, blah. Like that is very country twangish. Man, we listen. take it for granted because of the fact we're from here. But I think there's there are still extremes to that within people that live here. Because like I said, there are some times where I can kind of hear it in some things I do if I'm being really relaxed and niggerish. And then there's other times where it's like, nah, it's not coming off that way at all. But I can hear it in dudes from the hood where they don't realize how their dialect is a little bit more southern than what they would want to admit. So I get it, but I, I still think it's more stereotypical than anything. I dig it. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know. I know I know for a fact that in in our like relaxed like you know what I'm saying, yeah, your niggerishness and also like our rapperishness and having a swagger like in our delivery to how we say things. Right. I I can I can hear, you know, some things will like flow together in in ways that some places don't perhaps. That's the only thing that I can think of. Like when I say like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like that's, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, it's like that. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I get that. But like I said, you'd have to catch it in yourself. It's, it's more self-realization for me in some ways of spending all those years of kind of being in denial about sometimes when it comes up. But like I said, it's very specific to certain things. So like I said, once I really listened to me doing my impressions of down the way dudes in that way and kind of speaking like them like, yeah, my name, blah, 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 you know, my dude, you know, gonna let me get 50 cent, blah, blah, blah. That is not, <laughs> that is not East Coasters. That is what I fully understand that someone saying Midwest is, if not almost sounding kind of Southern country-ish. It's it still, it still fucked me up though because like people I know in Chicago, now nah, y'all bogus. <laughs> like right. what, what nigga? That's country as fuck to me. Exactly. Or hearing like some some down south niggas. So I think I think I think that's what it is. When somebody tell me that we from Cleveland sound country, I'm like, have you never heard a nigga from Alabama, Mississippi? Like nigga, like because by, by comparison, nigga, we are motherfucking goddamn. I don't even know what to say. Like it's crazy. Well, see, I think there's there's a uh, there's kind of a stereotype that goes with it in the sense of we're we're, bit, we're basically being boxed in with a lot of things because it's like the same time when we talk about Southerners and how they speak. I can definitively say like we know if you, if you know that like someone from Texas versus someone from Mississippi or Alabama or Florida or even like Virginia or something like that, they're not all one and the same. Right. In in how they their dialect. So just like when they listen to us, just like we're saying Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago, it's all within, you know, range of each other. Like we only two hours away and six hours away, like that's pretty goddamn close. But we have our own separate dialects of kind of what they're what they view as being kind of country. For sure. For sure. Because even if you think about Eminem to a certain degree, you think about certain shit that he says, you can hear a certain twang in his voice when he's saying certain things. And then, like I said, and comparing that to like sometimes like if Common 
was talking and then he'll have certain things like, yeah, it's, it's definitely that mix of a bunch of our folks or whatever coming from the South, coming up North and then still keeping bits and pieces of that dialect. But see, that's, that's also that, what do you call it? That's that like common is, you know, another, you know, that's fucking Chicago type shit. Right. <laughs> you know what that's I'm what I'm saying. But knowing how he speaks and that's what I'm saying, just giving specific examples to, you know, multiple cities all within the same range of how that does differ a bit. I dig it. I dig it. I think Chicago is of all, all the cities around in that in that space immediately. I feel like Chicago was definitely the, the most aggressive with the the accent game. Yeah, because even just like when people act like when you talk about something like like people that live in St. Louis, when we were, well St. Louis, Missouri to be specific, and not St. Louis, Illinois. So when you get to that point and you talk about <laughs> this guy. So you talk about getting to that point of St. Louis, Missouri and being like, okay, you talk about Nelly and them, you talk about like, yeah, that just sounds so country, but it's like geographically where they stay is not like some deep South shit. It's like in the middle of mainland, you know, United States yeah. in some way. And the fact that it's that close to Illinois, like you don't, you don't assume that, but I mean, it's, it's really weird how all that shit works out. As much as true. Well, I think, oh, you know what? The other thing that I wanted to briefly cover before we get the fuck up out of Dodge was that I found myself gay. <laughs> I guess not. No, sir. Okay. Oh, okay. It's, oh, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about that off the mics. I mean, we're gonna get canceled, but I mean, it's just it's just how fast <laughs> it's gonna be determined by which which things we actually bring up on versus off mic. Like, not even it wasn't a thing until I really thought about it. Genuinely talking to you this morning or this afternoon, should I say? Like, damn, bro! Like, I watch a lot of competition shows, and I don't know if it's because they are necessarily really i feel like i watch dope ones but i don't know what it is like i think i'm just a competitive person and that's how i that's how i like feed into my competitive nature without like being physically competitive in the real world like because i'll be chilling you definitely you definitely competitive yeah for sure for sure but i try not to make it like i try not to be overbearing with my comp with my competitiveness and like have that like you know (laughs) <laughs> like pushed off onto people right. So You know whatever It's it's really more a thing Where like My niggas know more than The public does For real Cause I be like Oh no I ain't nobody But it's like I really like Fucking Wanna smash everybody At everything Nigga Like if, if we do the same thing Oh I'm, I'm trying to smoke you like, well, I was about to say You wanna smash everybody My nigga <laughs> Everybody No <laughs> No discretion <laughs> No super smash bros over here But yeah so recently I have been watching If if y'all are not familiar I would say that you know Y'all might want to look into some of these things Cause some shit you would never really notice You're interested in until you until you see it happening So I've been watching Forged in Fire That is my shit my nigga And it is essentially a show About bladesmiths People who make and create weapons, handheld joints, knives, swords, etc. And each episode, they bring in three different people, blacksmiths from whatever, you know, area, country, city, whatever. They come in and they put them through, you know, miscellaneous tests. Like, hey, for the first test, y'all are going to make a, you know, whatever 
knife in your signature style and we are going to test it to see who creates the best joint and they go through the process of you know choosing their steel telling you about what's you know what different types of steel they're going to put into their blades and what different techniques they can use to create their blades how to make them they you're seeing them actually make them joints and then they have the panel of judges are people who are also either blacksmiths themselves or weapons experts so then there's like the one guy doug markita who is the edge weapon specialist he tests all the weapons so he will put them through a cut test a kill test so on so forth strength and hardness tests edge retention shit like that i don't know why i like that shit so much but it's dope as fuck and i feel like it's low-key a man thing for real but at the same time i know women who like the fucking show and it's like oh this shit is dope you would never fucking know until you watch a show about dudes blacksmith. It's just manly shit. Motherfuckers is making swords and knives and chopping and dice and shit to fuck up, hacking shit apart. They use actual ballistics dummies and shit when they do the test. So you see how they would penetrate and, and cut you and fucking murder you the fuck up with them weapons if they had them. And they use shit like pig carcasses so that you can see because they have a similar resistance and, and build up to a person so you can see how effective they could be when using combat and shit super fucking dope but at the same time i just finished watching the entire season of ellen's next great designer which was a bunch of motherfuckers building up furniture and shit and making creative desks and tables and shit and i enjoyed that shit greatly at the same time, I just finished watching Crime Scene Kitchen, which was a show with a bunch of fucking bakers and shit. And they had to basically run into a kitchen as a team of two and investigate the entirety of the kitchen to figure out what dessert got baked in there. Then create that dish as closely as possible with all the clues that they saw to then find out at the end of the round who actually guessed the correct dish and then be able to continue to move forward. I just been finding all these dope ass competition shows. And I think those are things that y'all should probably look into. In the immortal words of Homer J. Simpson. Nerd. <laughs> but isn't that yep. almost redundant? Because thus blurs and clips. Yeah. Uh, Out here in these streets. Yep. Clip walking all day. Clip walking. You already know what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. That's definitely an acquired taste. So, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah, not so much. I feel like you would fuck with Forge and Fire because I feel like you, I feel like you have at least one edged weapon in your house. I have like eight, exactly. (laughs) So, but that has that doesn't mean that I'm interested in watching motherfuckers make them because I know what you're talking about. But no, you watched it. I think I watched part of one, and I'm like, no, this is just not for me. Like, I don't care enough to sit through the entire process of just you know. Obviously, still, even with it being edited and getting it done, testing them all that, like, I don't really care that much. Like, I just motherfuckers that probably in the same way that it's like having a gun. Like, would I rather shoot my gun or see how the gun was built? Like, I don't really care about how it was built. I just want to shoot some shit. I don't think I want to watch that either. So, right. So I'm saying in the same way, like I said, there's a certain interest that comes along with that that appeals to you. But no, I don't give a shit about weapons being made in that sense it's like if i have it i want to play with it cut some shit play around use my imagination whatever but i'm not that interested in the backgrounds of it but then still when we talk as much as we joke about asmr shit it's like the same thing like okay are you gonna sit around and watch shoe sign videos like that probably ain't for you no but i will shoe shines yes that seems so boring though 
it's it's relaxing. Huh. It's, it's shoe shine videos are a big part of ASMR on YouTube. There's tons of them. I oh, I am learning so many new and interesting things about you. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, the shoe shine shit I would say is probably a little bit newer. But like I said, before I knew what ASMR was, I didn't know how attracted to whatever those triggers were since I was a kid because my thing was always like outside of like, you know, when you get, if you get your, your scalp greased or if your, your mother cut your nails or some shit like that, where that could be relaxing. And then even still for me, when I got older, you know, I meet a woman that'll be like, yeah, she'll, you know, cut my nails and file my nails. Like, yeah, it's great when it's getting done to me, but I can still watch that shit on video and it almost has the same effect, the same triggers. So yeah, that is a thing. So it's not that I'm sitting there watching it. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to give you the impression like I'm watching shoe shine shit for hours. Like, no, if I'm watching it. I'm probably sleep within 10 minutes. Huh. But those are the triggers. Okay. I, this is, look, look, I mean, look, nigga, it just be more interesting shit for me to like discover myself. I mean, because I feel like, I feel like a large majority of the world discovered that they were disgusting when Dr. Pimple Popper blew up on YouTube and like niggas like realized how much they liked watching right that type of shit. It was like And it's the <gasps> same it's the same vein. So yeah, I'll give you a comparison. So I do have some videos where I set aside where like it's more like let's say somebody had an old rusty axe mm-hmm. and they were going to clean it to get it back to shine. Yes, I'll watch that because there's no talking and it's just the triggers of the sound. And visually watching it get done. But I'm not watching a competition show. It's not the same. For sure. I think at the end of it, I, I like the fact that, well, it, it's initially it's, I'm finding out about types of like blades, swords, knives, and shit like that, mm-hmm. that I never knew existed. When they initially reveal one, boom, you're going to do the, the Japanese, whatever the fuck. Like, I ain't never even seen that. I'm like, oh, that shit look dope. Then to watch three different people who are dope at this shit make their interpretation on it to see them is dope as fuck because like the one dude he came on to the show I was watching this morning and I was like damn like I went to go find his Instagram so I could try to get one of them bitches because it was dope like that that shit was sweet bro like oh yeah I want one of these hoes bad as fuck so it's it's lightweight that's a part of it for me. Mm-hmm. Probably the largest part of it for me that feeds into my desire to know shit about shit. Cause I just be wanting to know <laughs> like, and it's like, once I find uh, a low key, like quick route to like discovering and learning about something, I think I, I definitely attach to those types of things. I want to learn how to do shit. I want to, I want to at least know. And then that way it's one of those, I don't know. I think it lightweight feed into the way that I am with like liking to be able to be in any scenario and be able to have conversation with people because I know things. Yeah. See, that's you. I don't, I'm more trivial knowledge. I don't want to learn shit. You can, I can learn things by watching videos based on, Hey, here's some facts about some things you didn't know, blah, blah, blah. Um, Just like if it's something, let's say, Science related to a degree or just like when I was telling you about the, uh, the nature is metal shit. 
after Joe right. Biden brought that up on. So, like, yeah, just looking at those, the fact that I'm just getting little tidbits of just seeing these pictures and or videos of animals just fucking other animals up and things to that degree. Learning bits and pieces like that or watching videos where there's like, you know, yeah, 10 things you didn't know about sleep or 10 myths about sleep you didn't know. Like, I'll take in information like that, but, like, I'm not so overly interested in the creation of a lot of things. So that's probably where it defers. That's like in the same way with when you're talking about documentaries overall, where I can, at a good time when I'm in the mood, I can watch a documentary damn near about anything, but I'm not really looking to learn how to do things, but I'll just take in information about stuff. That's how I perceive it. So, but yeah, like I said, it's it's funny when I, knowing about the the whole industry that is ASMR now, but just in the fact that I spent so many years, and this is only newly discovered, so this is this is a conversation to a degree I've never had with anyone yet that we're technically having on air. Not like it's like super, <laughs> not like it's like no super, super private shit, but at the same time, yeah, I didn't know what it was. Like I remember like when I was like maybe seven or eight or whatever, and I remember my father was working with one of his friends, and they were... They were doing some shit in the house, in my grandfather's old house. My father was staying there at the time. And I remember his friend was like sanding, like, you know, hand sanding the side of this saw, like a regular saw that might have been rusty. And I remember just sitting there because I had nothing else to do while they were working on whatever they were working on and just watching him sand this thing. And I'm like zoned out, like I almost wanted to fall asleep. And I never understood what it was about that shit. So as I got older and like when the learning channel first started and like sewing shows would come on. Right. And I'm sitting there watching sewing shows, not because I'm interested in the sewing, but watching them intricately do shit and sewing shit and working with the machines. And it's like, what the fuck? And I'm like thinking I'm on some weirdo shit, not understanding that (laughs) even though those were there for educational purposes that that later opened up a whole door of like, no, this is shit that's triggered for relaxation. And now there's a whole industry of that shit where all these people on YouTube making fucking ASMR videos of various things. Like it, it was even funny when I, I worked my way into the, the, the rabbit hole of like all of the pretend shit that I didn't understand. Like there are motherfuckers that they are doing role play as if like, if you're watching it, like you're a robot and they're working on you to fix you as the robot. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, okay. yeah, they're straight doing the role play and they're like talking to you, you know, whispering everything like, yeah, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to fix your parts. Like, yeah, your, your, your dilator is off and blah, blah, blah. And you're they're clicking and shit near the camera and all of this shit. Like, wow, motherfuckers really be doing this shit. And I understand it. It just doesn't quite do it for me because I'm not physically there, but like I could see, where if if someone was doing that to me, I'd be like, "Yo, this is this is kind of dope." So, yeah, it's it's a weird thing that I could almost say is it's not like a fetish because it ain't sexual, but right, like yeah, it's definitely my thing. And but like I said, I I, I don't even use it a lot to to go to sleep on. Like I have more recently since I opened that door and found out all all this shit was in there. Once I actually started typing in ASMR, but before it was always just like. I just look for sewing shit or I look for haircut instructionals and blah, blah, blah. And like, again, on into that whole, so many creators that it's dudes that do nothing but go around and sometimes around the world 
and all they do is get shaves and haircuts from all these places around the world. And it's solely for the purpose of in that category for ASMR for people to watch that shit just to whatever. Neck cracking, all of this shit. I'm going to say, speaking of, man, I, I definitely made both of my chiropractor appointments this week. <laughs> and, and, man, need that. Okay, I cannot wait to go back on Monday. Matter of fact, Monday, I got a chiropractor appointment and I got a, and then I got a massage on Tuesday with my with my massage therapist you know what I'm saying cuz you know you 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 you'll learn as you become an old nigga that that you need to set a little bit of bread aside in your budget for some self care oh i thought doctor said you need a bacchiotomy <laughs> no i don't i actually do not need a bacchiotomy that's a fucking banger man that's so funny all right man well with that being said that will wrap it up for us in another five episode of Blurds and Clips, the podcast that does not want to hear that shit. And uh, I, as always, am one half of your host and situation here. I go by the name of BKA Watts, which is where you can follow me everywhere. And I am sitting. All right, so a lot of y'all motherfuckers won't get that shit anyway, but yeah, yeah, we're we're here, all that. I'm about to say, you know, this is going to be the anomaly episode, or at least so far. This is going to be that one that'd be like, I don't know what the fuck they was on that episode. You think so? We didn't talk about shit, hardly. Man, we blew through an hour so quick, though. <laughs> we didn't talk about a goddamn thing other than, when you think about it, we didn't talk about nothing but, I mentioned Deadwood, you mentioned... The shows that you were watching, and then we went on these long ass rants about fucking Ken Play and Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, people's attitudes and shit in the whole realm of opinions versus good quality shit to kind of round this all off of coming back to all these other videos we watching the ASMR shit. This is the anomaly of a. Those are clips. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so we we just we just clips walked through this whole episode. Yeah, I essentially, mean, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how much harder could we be banging on all things pop culture, Cass? Yeah, whatever. Vigatron nine nine nine, all social media bitches. I'm sorry, let me not call y'all bitches. Beautiful queens. <laughs> let me not kings. call y'all hoes bitches. <laughs> yeah, let me not. Let me not call these hoes bitches. My bad. Shit. My bad, baby. Yeah, all that. Yeah, and if you have questions, concerns, comments, show topics, make sure you send those to us over at blurredsandclips at gmail.com or, you know what I'm saying, send a nigga a DM with a nude, ladies, because we appreciate getting them things, you know what I'm saying, a little special treat for your boy, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, a little Monday, Tuesday, whenever you listen to the podcast, you know what I'm saying, send us them nipples, and then, you know what I'm saying, we'll ASMR say nipples, 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 and titties, 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 all up in the microphones, just like that. Otherwise, we appreciate y'all tapping in, tuning in as always. Keep catching us live on Saturdays right here on twitch.tv slash BKA Watts. And then, you know, all audio all over the place on them Sundays. We'll catch y'all players next week. Follow everybody and, you know, stay safe. Try not to, you know, miscellaneously, unintentionally, and accidentally kick a fucking bucket until then. My G's. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. We out.